0: You're listening to Episode 39 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. Today we are talking about how mindfulness and meditation are excellent tools, and maybe they're even the best possible tools, to help us live with intention. Now, the science lists a long list of meditation's benefits. Some of them we're aware of. Reduced stress, reduced anxiety, improved sleep. But the list includes things you may not have even thought of, such as mindfulness may help prevent memory loss as we age, and mindfulness may help us control addictions. Mindfulness is obviously important, But if you've ever attempted to adopt a practice before, you already know that it's not easy. On the one hand, there's time constraints. You'll hear me talk about how when I first started trying to meditate, I literally could not find 15 minutes in my day with a baby to sit quietly. So there's time constraints, there's the always-wandering mind, and there's also the realization that the benefits of meditation aren't immediate. It's kind of like going to the gym, right? If you go to the gym every day for a week, you're not all of a sudden going to be a Baywatch model. Sticking with it is key. So this is a hefty topic, and that is why I am bringing you two guests on today's episode. My first guest is Kim Fuller. She's a Buddhist, and she's a meditation expert. I'm asking her the big questions about how intention and self-care and mindfulness are all intertwined. My second guest is Tara Dubiel. She's a busy mom with two young kids. I'm asking Tara the practical questions, like how on earth do you find 15 minutes? What are some practical first steps, etc. Now, to bring this all home, Tara generously created a free printable to accompany this episode for those of you who want to be more intentional, want to be more mindful, but don't know where or how on earth to start. The free PDF lists helpful apps and books, and it also gives some other tips for starting and sticking with a mindfulness routine. Now, it's free, and you can find it at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 040 M A M A Minimalist.com forward slash zero four zero. Enjoy the interviews. Hi, Kim. Thanks so much for coming on. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. And I am so excited to talk to a meditation expert. This is a big day for me. Why don't we just start with you telling us about yourself and your journey towards Buddhism and consistent meditation
1: practice?
2: Sure. So I was kind of in a place in my life where um, I was a little, I was searching, I was looking for something to help me get through a challenging relationship that I was having. I'd been a photographer for over, I don't know, I think at that point, about 25 years. And I was on a photography assignment. And excitingly, the assignment was to photograph a talk that the Dalai Lama was going to be giving in Newport, Rhode Island at Salve Regina University. I'd been photographing for Salve for many, many years. So I was pretty excited to do the shoot. But when I arrived at the shoot, all the expectations and assumptions that I had made about how this was all gonna go was was thwarted, so to speak. So I arrive at the tent where there's you know thousands of people waiting to get in and seated and all this. And I had this assumption that I would be able to walk around and photograph him and, and get all these great photos. But turned out that I had to sit in a seat and stay there just like everybody else. So my ability to capture what I thought would be great images was limited. But the beauty, to keep this story a little short, was that because I was in that seat, I was able to shake the hand of the Dalai Lama as he made his way down the tent. And I was so moved even when he arrived at the back of the tent, and I was kind of anxious in my seat about you know, wanting to get up and take his picture, and, but I had to stay there and watch him come down the aisle was how much he was really having an impact on all the people that he was connecting with in each moment. And it took him a while to get down that aisle because he was doing this. He was so present looking for everybody and everyone who was reaching out for him was just smiling and beaming. And he was obviously having a very positive impact on the crowd. And, As he finally made his way up to me, I was fortunate enough to be in the seat that I was right on the aisle, and he shook my hand. And in that moment, I was so moved. I I felt as though pure love was staring right at me. Every every worry I had about the images that I was going to get and what my seat was and how I couldn't get up and all of that just went away. I was so held in his what I would call love and compassion that none of that mattered anymore. And I kind of realized that I wasn't there to capture pictures. I was there to have this experience. And as I listened to him and what he was talking about around the Buddhist philosophies really stuck with me. And the message that I walked away with was that my happiness is really in my own hands. And it has a lot to do with how we um, work with our mind and the way that our mind sees the world, takes the world in, um, and responds to our emotional responses in the world. And so I immediately went home and began studying Buddhism and meditation and realized that meditation was how I would learn about my mind. And so it just started me on this trajectory, right? So sometimes you don't know why you're somewhere or why you're so upset or what's really happening. But I've realized since then that the more aware I can be in situations like that, what needs to show up shows up. And in that instance, it was my investigation around Buddhism and meditation.
0: How has your life changed since adopting Buddhism and meditation?
2: Oh my gosh, profoundly. I noticed a shift in my household right away. So, you know, probably after meditating for about two months, I noticed my household shift because, because, you know, we, (laughs) We as mothers know that the energy of the house is often the energy of us, right? So if we're all cranky and wound up and so on and so on, the children are like that. The husband can feel that, right? So, or your partner. And so you you kind of put this energy out in the household and it's felt. So as I began meditating and calming myself down and um just getting a little more grounded, that's what kind of happened in the house. I wasn't reacting as much to the kids' upsets or I was being a little more present for their conversations and their questions. And I think they felt that. And so right away, that shift happened.
0: Something I've never mentioned on the podcast before is that I actually meditate daily. And I don't even necessarily call it meditating. I more consider it going into my room and shutting the door and being by myself for 15 minutes. And it took me a while to adopt this consistent routine of going into my room and shutting the door and sitting quietly. But I'm at a place now where I always find the time. Before it was hard with two young kids at home to find even 15 minutes. But now I still have two young kids and I make myself find the time. There's always, you know, a little place in the day and if I don't do it, I feel as though something's missing from my day. So I'm wondering What does meditation look like for the average overwhelmed and overstretched mom, in your opinion?
2: Well, I was probably that mom, and I started very similarly to how you did. I just literally tried to sit. And I think that meditation can be practiced in many different ways. I think one of the better ways is to take that time for yourself, like you said. Set up a place in your home, even if it's just in front of a window. Or I often joke about this, but it's really true when you're sitting on the toilet, because that's a time you can shut the door and be by yourself. Nobody really wants to come in the room when you're going to the bathroom. (laughs) Well, little kids sometimes do, but you know what I mean. So I think the thing to think about is when can you be present? Because essentially for me, that the act of meditating is to find that time where you can sit and be present. And so the practice of meditating is really about paying attention. In a particular way to a particular thing without judgment. So, simply looking at what arises in each moment. And so, whether you find the the 15 minutes, the half an hour, whatever it is, sitting on a cushion, or whether you do it brushing your teeth, going to the bathroom, or being in front of your child can be a form of a meditation. Simply grounding yourself in each moment so that you can be present to what arises, and whether that's the voice of your child. The way that they're looking at you, a need that need, needs to be met, but simply being with what is and not attaching to any feeling around it. So, um, you know, when your child's screaming, it's so easy to go to wanting to control it or change it because it's uncomfortable. So, watching the discomfort, right? So, noticing that the discomfort is arising and saying, oh, that's discomfort or oh, that's annoyance. And so instead of judging it or trying to change it, seeing what happens, just being with it. And if you can kind of soften around that, you may find some relief and in, in this meditative kind of practice. But the, pr- the real practice in being able to even recognize that annoyance is really sitting on that cushion every day and practicing it so that when you go out into your everyday life, you can apply it. So what you're doing is, is great. You know, taking that time for yourself also shows your children that, Hey, this is, this is me time. This is mommy time. And if your children child barges into the room, invite them to sit next to you and see if you can just sit quietly and stay in your meditative practice as they're running around or screaming or whatever. It's a great practice to try to just be with that.
0: I talk a lot on this podcast about living with intention and simplifying so that we can enjoy the more mundane moments of life. And what's interesting to me about your response is that all these concepts are connected, right? Mindfulness, simplicity, intention. Meditation sounds like a powerful tool, perhaps, for those interested in living with more intention. Would you agree with that?
2: Yes, absolutely. I think that the more we practice this this focus on the, what you're calling mundane, you know, the brushing of the teeth, the going to the bathroom, the, the washing the dishes, the things that we do every day, when we can really be in the moment of those things, like, you know, I always say, like, when you wash the dishes, you know, notice the warm water and how it feels on your hands. Because what we tend to do is go, oh, i got to wash the dishes again. Right. So that's a, you know, already you're in this mode of hating something or not enjoying something. Whereas when we can shift into a meditative place where we're just aware of what we're doing, those mundane activities build gratitude in us. And so our life becomes more joyous, becomes more beautiful, becomes a meditation in motion. Uh, so I love that practice because I, I don't necessarily enjoy doing the dishes over and over again if I choose to say I don't enjoy doing the dishes over and over again. But I have in, with the practice, I can now choose to see it from a, another side. So I can see it as this opportunity to enjoy the warm water, to notice that I am doing something for my family in washing these dishes and making them available and clean for a healthy living and healthy eating it's just taking that little shift and that little practice and putting it into the ordinary activities that I think builds a lot of gratitude and appreciation for those mundane things.
0: That brings me to an important question, which is, I guess it's a two-part question. The first part is, how hard is it to develop a practice really and shift your mindset from dishes to ooh dishes? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the second part is, if it is difficult, why should you keep at it anyway?
2: <laughs> so again, I will say that difficult is a judgment. Right? It's a it's an opinion about how something should or shouldn't be. So even the word difficult can be shifted. It's a practice. Right? It takes practice. It's almost like uh you go to the gym to uh you know work on your muscles or your whatever you you know. Um, it's, a, it's a similar thing. You have to train your brain to be aware, to look at things in a new way. And it does take practice. If it's hard, it's because we're forcing it too much. It's really a matter of, you can, if you can just imagine, just pausing whenever you can think of it. So um, whether you have a, a little bell on your computer or an alarm that goes off every 10 minutes that just says, take a deep breath. And just come into the present moment and be aware. That's a practice. And so the more we do it, the more it shifts our brain. So our brains have plasticity. They can be changed. So the, the way that our brain sends signals um, to itself and to, to our bodies can shift. It's almost as if like we're changing the roadway um, of these signals by this practice. And the more we do it, the easier it gets. So we can call it hard because we think we're not doing it right, or we don't have time, and then we get anxious and aggravated, and what we call the hindrances in meditation come up. We have um greed or aversion, we want it to be different, or we get sleepy, or we um we find that our mind is drifting, we get restless, we have doubt. So those are the hindrance some of the hindrances in meditation. And so the practice really is being with all of that becoming aware of it and just saying well there it is this is who i am right now and the more you begin to accept that piece and just learn to watch it then there, there there's some ease that comes you you let go of any judgment about how your practice is really going and just continue to watch and so then it's not quote unquote hard it's just a practice
0: Before we go, I just wanted you to explain very quickly your trademarked method of mindfulness, which you call the pause method.
2: Yeah, so it's a five-step mindfulness method. Um, I love the word pause, and so I just turned it into an acronym. So pause is a method that I, I coach people individually on and in group workshops and retreats. And so it's essentially the P means slowing down and getting present. The A is, um, acceptance and awareness. So bringing, you know, awareness into the body, accepting whatever is, is showing up. Um, the U is beginning to understand impermanence and that your emotions and your, uh, your thoughts and all that are not you. They're just a part of you. They don't make up your whole. So that's kind of the U is very deep and it's a lot about understanding yourself and how you operate in the world. The S is for shift. So shifting your perspective. So shifting away from anger, maybe into love, if you can. Shifting from looking at something in one side, looking at it from the other side. So shifting is really about just playing with different perspectives. And then the E is about exploring and getting curious. So whether it's trying a new way of doing something or looking at your, looking at your thoughts a little differently, looking at someone else a little differently, Uh, so that's kind of the method in a nutshell, or literally the word itself is just such a great word to whenever you're in an upset or in a challenging relationship or whatever it is to just remember to pause before speaking, before acting, before thinking about something negatively, just take a pause and check in with yourself.
0: I love that. Just pause. I think that it may Take some practice, though, to learn yes. to pause before reacting, at least right. for me personally.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I think what's, what's really great is there's really easy things you can do, like put little stickers on your, on your refrigerator that just say pause. So before you open the door to grab the ice cream or whatever it is you don't want to eat, just pause, mm. right? And think about it for a minute. Do I really want that ice cream? Is that really good for me? When you're in the, you know, maybe you put a little sticker on your bathroom mirror that says pause. And, and you, as you're brushing your teeth, just take a moment to notice the water, the taste of the toothpaste, how the brush feels on your teeth, right? So it's really simple little things to start to incorporate into your life. Kim, where can my listeners find more of you? Um, I have a website and it's, it's still under my photography, but uh, that's kind of a funny thing because I use photography to teach mindfulness sometimes too. So it's I also have a Facebook page called The Mindful Photographer or Kim Fuller. And I also have a Facebook page for Finding, which is the title of my book. Um, what else? I'm on Instagram as The Mindful Photographer Coach. And I guess those are the probably the best ways.
0: I will link to all your... Online presences in the show notes. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your
2: wisdom. Thank you. I really appreciate it too.
0: You just heard from Kim. Next up is Tara. Enjoy. Tara, thank you so much for coming on. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, well, I'm thrilled. Why don't we start first by you telling us about yourself?
1: Sure. Um but first I would just want to say thank you so much for having me on your show. I just love your blog and your podcast and I think you have a really unique perspective in in terms of talking about minimalism through the lens of sustainability. So I'm just honored to be here and I'm excited to chat with you today. Thank you. A little bit about me. Again, my name is Tara Dubiel and I have been married to my best friend Matt for almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years this November. And we have two beautiful children, Henry who is 5 years old and Claire who's 2. And about a year and a half ago, I started a blog called I Dream of Simple, and there my my kind of my main goal was to share with with other busy families, moms and dads about kind of our experiences with simplifying our life, decluttering our possessions and and trying to pare down. And and I guess my my goal is to inspire other busy families to kind of uh, declutter their space, their time, and their minds to help them to live a more intentional life. You speak on your
0: blog a lot about mindfulness, and
1: I'm wondering how does mindfulness fit into your busy life? I first came across mindfulness actually at my my job and I uh, work for a, a large manufacturing company and it was just a, a training class series that they offered and it really kind of just piqued my interest and I kind of knew what meditation was I had heard about it and really just from thinking you know, of the last few minutes of yoga classes that I had been to we they do the the kind of the little piece of meditation at the end there and I um, kind of always thought meditation was reserved for you know that yoga class or for people like monks who who meditate for for hours a day and I didn't think that as a busy mom that was really something that I could do um, but through that class that I took at work I realized that even as a busy mom I could benefit from Practicing mindfulness, and I didn't have to practice for hours and hours a day. Um, as little as five to ten minutes could really make make a big impact. And from there, I I tried to learn as much as I could about mindfulness and and really what it meant and the benefits, and uh, really just tried to see where I could fit it in into my life. So so I think kind of there's two different types of practices for mindfulness. And one is the more kind of formal practice. And that's really what you, when you hear the word meditation, that's really the more formal practice. So that's when you kind of sit down and either have an app like Headspace or, or you just set a timer on your phone and you focus uh, in on your breathing. And, and that's the more formal practice. Whereas the more informal practice of mindfulness is when you're out just kind of living your life. And and you can practice it anytime, anywhere, and it's really just bringing your kind of your full attention to to the present moment.
0: Perhaps you might not have 15, 20, 30 minutes to formally meditate, but everybody has five seconds to pause whatever it is they're doing and really tune into the task. So thank you for distinguishing between formal and informal practices. Thank you also for touching on the inaccessibility somewhat of meditation and mindfulness because I agree with you. I think that there is and can be an assumption about mindfulness that the practice is really only for monks or mystics or really, really healthy people who like to tout the next health fad. And so I guess my next question is, what does a mindfulness practice look like for the average busy mom or dad?
1: Sure, yeah, I think that's a great question. And kind of going back to that informal uh, practice of, medita- of of mindfulness, it's really just out when you're living your life. And like I said, it can be practiced anywhere, anytime. And, and so I think for somebody who wants to start a, a mindfulness practice like that, the I think the easiest way is to just pick one daily task, something that you do every day. So an example could be brushing your teeth. It could be as simple as you know, a, kind of a mundane task like that and from a like mindlessness perspective usually you're just brushing your teeth you're thinking about a million different things what you want to have for breakfast what you need to get done that day and you're just trying to rush through it get it done but from a mindfulness perspective if you kind of flip the flip your attention to that present moment you are kind of focusing on purpose, you're intentional, intentionally thinking about that present moment. So you're kind of using your five senses to think about um, and check in on the like noticing the smell of the toothpaste, noticing the taste of it, the minty taste, noticing the pressure that you're putting on your teeth with the toothbrush. And then also taking the moment to check in on how you're feeling. Do you notice any tension anywhere? Are you hunching your shoulders? Um, like, what is your, your breathing, like noticing the inhale and the exhale. So it, it's, it's really just kind of checking in on yourself, noticing the, the senses. And then when, this is the important part, is when you notice that your mind is drifting off to something else, you're thinking about another thought, just gently accept that thought, let it pass, and then bringing your attention back to that present moment. And I say, "When you have thoughts because thoughts are always popping up, and that's totally normal and totally part of part of the the mindfulness practice. the The idea is gently bringing your attention back to the present moment.
0: How long have you been practicing mindfulness?
1: I would say that my practice started a couple of years ago. So when I, I took that training at my work, um it was 2016, so right after my daughter was born. And they they distinguish between the you know meditation to so the formal practice and then mindfulness. And my practice really started with the the formal practice, so the meditation piece. And I think I don't think you necessarily have to have a, a formal practice of meditation, but I think it does help. And and I'll like kind of explain why. The formal practice that I started with, I, I used the Headspace app, which I think is a great app for anyone starting out. It's a free app you can download. And I think the first 10 or so sessions are free. And it's a, a great app because it's a guided meditation, which I think is great because it walks you through the whole um, you know 10 minutes meditation from why you're, you're meditating to reminding you to bring your attention back to the breath and then at the very end, it always reminds you to bring this mindfulness and presence out into your daily life. And I think that's the key to being able to practice and implement this mindfulness when you're out in your daily life. I think that the formal practice kind of gives you the, the muscle memory and the tools to use when you're out living your daily life and to, to remind you to, to check in and... And to be more mindful when you're you're doing the busy mom and dad tasks. Hmm.
0: The PDF you created to accompany this episode offers an awful lot of little tips, tricks, and even hacks for mindfulness. You mentioned the Headspace app, but you offer a lot of other resources for people just starting on their mindfulness journey. But I wanted to ask you kind of a personal question. And it's this. One of the biggest stressors and sources of anxiety in my own life is the realization that life is just passing me by so fast. Ever since I've had kids, I feel like I'm on warp speed. I can't even fathom where time is going and how fast the years are passing. And I'm wondering if in your opinion, do you think that pausing and stopping and really taking a task, like you mentioned, and experiencing the whole task through my five senses, if I get into the practice of doing
1: that, will life slow by any chance? I I think that's a great question. And I I definitely agree with you. It seems like once we have kids, time just bed up exponentially and it's like oh my gosh how is my baby 5 years old already but i i do think that practicing mindfulness has helped me personally to to really slow down and not rush through all of those what can be considered mundane tasks like feeding your baby and changing the diapers getting them dressed doing the dishes practicing mindfulness allows you to to really slow down take it all in and necessarily i mean nobody wants to enjoy the dishes but it it's a chance to i guess focus on yourself and and kind of practice that that self-care aspect during during that mundane task so so i think that it does help you to to slow down and really notice the little details as well so for example when i was Feeding my baby, my second child, that was I think one of the first times that I started to practice mindfulness out in my my daily life. And what I noticed was that I was breastfeeding and so we were feeding quite a lot. and I would try to rush through a feeding and, and you, you can't rush a baby to feed, but I would be kind of like, okay, when's this gonna be done? And so I can get on to my other things that I have to do. But when I started to practice mindfulness, I started to notice the little details of my, my baby, like the little eyelashes that like I could see in the eyebrows that were starting to grow. And I just I was able to kind of take in those those details where before I was just trying to get through the task. So I think that mindfulness does help you to to slow down and really enjoy the moment more.
0: And it perhaps gives you the really important and priceless gift of gratitude, right? How many people, I mean, and I'm thinking about me, how many times have I really stopped to appreciate and enjoy the beauty of my children's eyelashes? <laughs> Absolutely. Have you
1: experienced any other benefits of your practice? Yeah, I think there's, there's tons of research out there now that kind of talks about all the different benefits and for me personally one that i've i have really noticed is the ability to kind of bring myself back to a baseline calm from 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 a, experiencing a negative emotion so for example if i'm trying to get ready to leave the house and my Child is taking their sweet time and not, you know, doesn't want to get their shoes on, doesn't want to get ready to go. When I'm practicing mindfulness really well on a regular basis, I'm much more able to take a moment and pause, check in with myself, notice that, oh, my, my heart rate's kind of increasing, I'm tense, my shoulders are hunched up. Just taking that moment to pause, take a few deep breaths, really allows me to be able to respond in a much more constructive manner to my child and talk to them more calmly, whereas if I were to not pause, I would just be responding kind of in the heat of the moment and possibly yell and you know not get the the result that i'm I'm after.
0: That's an important point, and I just want to reiterate what you're saying to make sure I understand. So you're saying that practicing mindfulness and perhaps meditation for a few years, you feel like you've gained the skills that translate into those times when your heart rate starts increasing and you feel the anxiety forming you can call in that calm that you've created in more stressful times is that right
1: yeah i think i think that ex- explains it pretty well so i think when you're kind of in the the habit of practicing mindfulness in in daily tasks or when you have the formal practice every day you just sit down and and use an app or a timer to practice your meditation. I think, like you said, you're, you have kind of the, the muscle memory or the tools to call upon when you're faced with a stressful situation. Hmm.
0: For somebody who has never, ever practiced mindfulness and never even considered it, but has listened to these interviews and thought to themselves, well, maybe it would help me. What would be a practical first step for someone like that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think probably the very first step would be to just set a timer on your phone for a minute or two and just close your eyes, sit comfortably and focus on your breathing and just kind of count, you know, one on the inhale, two on the exhale and just do that for a couple of minutes and see how you feel. And even just a couple of minutes, I think, does make a, a pretty big difference in how you feel. So I think just starting small and then gradually building it up is a great first step. And then I also want to say that mindfulness and meditation is going to be different for everybody. It's not something that you can kind of check off your list and say, oh, I'm going to be great at meditation. Some days are going to be, are going to go well. and you won't have a lot of thoughts popping up. Some days you're going to have tons of thoughts popping up and you have to continue to remind yourself to just focus back on the breathing. So, you know, giving yourself a lot of grace and just knowing that the practice, the regular practice, even just a few minutes a day is going to add up over time.
0: So start small and forgive yourself if it doesn't go the way you envision. Exactly. Exactly. Tara, where can my listeners
1: find more of you? I am on my blog, idreamofsimple.com. And I do spend a lot of time on on Instagram as well. So at idreamofsimple.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. You have inspired me to get serious about mindfulness. So I, I thank you.
1: Great. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed my
0: conversations with both Kim and Tara. Be sure to download the free PDF created by Tara with tons of helpful tips and tricks for beginner mindfulness students. You can find it at mamaminimalist.com forward slash zero four zero, M A M A minimalist.com forward slash zero four zero. On next week's show, we are talking with a professional organizer all about her best tips and tricks. creating a living space that is organized, serene, and feels like home. See you then.